Brother Cliff's going to preach. He's going to be leaving us in the morning. Uh, so I figured we'd give him another chance to preach tonight. And uh, then, uh, just, just a word of testimony. Uh, my sister Belinda passed away, Benny. When did it was? Okay, so 94, she, she passed away, had cancer. And me and her, as we was growing up, she was my older sister, uh, hated each other. I mean, she hated me. She threw me through windows. She beat me up all the time. Typical sister, I guess. Uh, but anyways, uh, I went in the Navy and didn't really want nothing to do with her. And I went to see my mom one day. And, and uh, I was in, I'd come from North Virginia to Louisville, Kentucky, where Linda lived on out in Litchfield another hour, hour and a half away. And mom kept saying, you need to go see your sister. You need to go see your sister. I said, I don't want to go see her. I don't want, I don't want nothing to do with her. Don't like her. Don't really don't like you. So anyways, <laughs> and we go on and I'm just bitter. And I, I got to drive 12 hours back to the ship. And, and I mean, I don't need to go out there another hour and a half and another hour and a half back this way. And now it's 13, 14 hours. And now it's going to turn in 15, 16. Long story short, mom started getting me under conviction and I go out there. And come to find out my older sister was in her garden praying all day that I would come out there and show her what she needed. So I come out there and I tell her about Jesus till like 4 o'clock in the morning, wears me out, and then I drive back. And she never got saved that night, so I start sending her Dr. Rubin tapes. That's all I had on the ship. So I figured it was going to kill her anyway, so I might as well just send her these things and, and they'll kill her. And anyway, she passed away, and they asked me to do the funeral, and I did it. And in the process of doing that, I said, hey, I don't know how my sister got saved. I just know she did. Uh, and, and one day she got saved, and that was it. So when the funeral was over, a uh, guy came up and said, you want to know how she got saved? And he told me the story. Uh, he led her to the Lord. He came one night, and he said, look, I don't know what you were giving her. Some Dr. Rubin tapes. <laughs> it's Jesus Christ is what it was. But uh, so I, I told, uh, he told me the story. He said, I led her to the Lord. He, he, he told me he did. And he said, but the first night I didn't even lead her to the Lord. He said, I, it was so good. He goes, Mike, I haven't seen anything like that in years. Where she was just giddy. I mean, she's ready to go. He said, so I came back the next Wednesday. I had to get another dip, uh, another, another shot at this thing. And so he comes back the following Wednesday, and he leads her to the Lord. He leads my brother-in-law to the Lord and her three kids to the Lord, all five of them. Now, I say that to say this. This was 19, probably 1999, somewhere. Well, no, she, yeah, because she died. She died in 94, so it had to be before that uh, that she got saved. Well, I'm down there talking to my mom, trying to get her to come up here. I had to call my niece, my older sister, Linda's daughter, and she had adopted four kids. And she said, Mike, I want to let you know, this week, three of them got saved. So not only did Linda get saved years ago, then, then her daughter gets saved at the same time. Years later down the road, she adopts three, and they have a, a Bible uh, class, a Bible school at the church she goes to, Baptist. And now three of the four, she goes, now i got one more to worry about. What got me was you never know what you're doing. You never know. You never know. And what you do is you do what the Lord tells you to do, and you start reaching out to these people, and you'll find out that was 94, 2004, 2014. Uh, that's almost 20 28 years ago, maybe 27 years ago, that I went out and did something I didn't really want to do. And 27 years ago, five and three more out of that. One altercation, eight got saved. That's just the eight that we know about. That, that's nothing else. And, and you guys, I'm telling you, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's like in making an investment. It continually multiplies and multiplies and multiplies and multiplies. And that's one person that I went after, the Lord told me to go after, in 43 years. That's not counting all the others. So I'm telling you, man, I, I can't wait to get to heaven and see exactly what he's done. Uh, but it's, it's great, man. I tell you what, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is one of the greatest things. 
Uh, what a friend we have in Jesus. I'm telling you what, I found a friend. I've, he's always been true. He's always been faithful. He's never hurt me. He's, he's a couple times let me hurt myself uh, in the process. He was always to pick me up. He, he, he guided my steps, and 43 years later, I'm still here, which I don't understand that part. Uh, but y'all pray for my mom. She's like this far from moving up here. Uh, I think I can get her up here, and she needs to be here. I need to take care of her. She's getting 90 years old. She, uh, she, uh, there's an assisted living over here where Don was. Uh, it's, it's fairly reasonable. I think I can get her in there, and if I can, I'm going to find out tomorrow. Uh, we could visit her, uh, the kids could visit her, and she could be around her kids. She said she needs to come up here and see her kids before she dies. And uh, I want to see her actually, she said she asked Jesus to save her every night. She is the last one in my family that is not 100% sure that she can say, I've trusted Jesus Christ, I'm saved on my way to heaven. I mean, I want, I want 100%. I don't want no 50% or 75%, 79%, 99%. He says, you have not because you ask not. I'm, I got one left that I really, really, really want to see there. And she may be there already, but I want her to know it before she goes. And uh, so y'all pray that she, she gets her heart right. And I told her today, we were down there, and, uh, talked to the, the, the people down there, and they said, uh, well, she's mean, she's can't. I said, oh, that's my mom. Uh, cantankerous, yeah, that's my mom. And she won't do what we tell, them. tell tell her. I said, yep, that's her. So I go in there and talk to her in her room, and I said, mom, this is the deal. If you want out of this stinking place, I said, you're going to have to listen to what they say. And, well, I'll do what I want. I said, they're fine. You do what you want to do, and you'll just stay here forever. I said, but if you want to get out of this place, and you want to get out to where you, you're going to have to get up and walk and go to the bathroom and, and put your teeth in your mouth the right way and do all this other stuff. And uh, so I called back on the way home, and I said, did, did uh, the people come in here and make you do all the stuff? And she goes, yes. I said, what they do? They, she said, they, they made me walk from here all the way down to the the uh, workout room. I had to ride the bike for 12 minutes and I had to come all the way back. I had to use the bathroom. I had to do this. She's doing everything now. And I told her, I said, you do those things and I'll move you up here. I said, you can move in my house. I'll, I'll, I'll change anything I need to get you in there or we can get you. She really wants to live in a, uh, a uh, uh, assisted living with some other aged people, <laughs> someone closer to her age. Uh, and that she can fellowship with all day, but she also wants the other fellowship. But y'all pray for that. Uh, I tell you what, it's just, uh, I've watched God do it over 43 years. I've watched him do some things that sometimes he just, we, we think that we don't do much because we're small or little or we're by ourselves. One little seed is all it takes. And that one little seed, you start putting those seeds out and you put multiple, pretty soon that, those things start coming back. And you'll find out about those things. And I'm telling you, it's just a blessing to serve Jesus Christ. Brother, I'll turn it over to you. Let's make sure you got a full battery. What a friend. Having Jesus. How's your ribs? All right, cool. Doing good. Yeah, he just asked me how my ribs were. I had three ribs out. Don't ask me how they got out. I don't know. I woke up one day and it hurt awful. And, uh... Went to the chiropractor. He popped one. He said, oh. He popped another one. He said, oh. He popped another one. He said, that's it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. And I am doing much better. Just getting old stuff ain't for wimps, is it? Aged people. Amen. I like your choice of words, brother. Never call an old lady old. Better call her aged. It's better. She won't swat you. 
Amen. Yeah, there we go. Thank you, Miss Dee. Amen. Praise the Lord. Take your Bible, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Had something else I was working on, but the Lord's really kind of turned me this direction. That's 1 Corinthians. I need the one with two in front of it. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. For as touching the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you, or superfluous, excuse me, for I know the forwardness of your mind, which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very many. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for God, just the opportunity tonight. Lord, I pray you'd take it, use it, bless it. Lord, the best I know how I'll give you the vessel. God, I beg you, Father, please wash it anew and afresh in the blood and fill it to overflowing. Our Lord, with the word of God and the spirit of God, and may it find lodging in our hearts and help the people of God. And we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. When you walk in the door around this place, there's one thing you notice. It's alive. Amen. And there's always a buzz. There's always something going on. There's always people doing this, doing that. Uh, people looking at notes, people looking, amen. They're, they're in, involved in something, you know what I mean? And, uh, well, I go to a lot of churches where I'm beginning to wonder if I'm in the right place. Amen. Uh, I like life. I like noise. Uh, I like to shout, amen. I, those of you that know me know that, amen. And uh, I just, I, I was born shouting, and uh, I'm going to die shouting if I can help it, Amen. Unless it gets too bad, I just have to go like this. Amen. <laughs> but uh, churches are dying, man, some of them. It's really refreshing. I can't tell you how refreshing it is to come to a place like this where it's alive. I mean, where what you have is a real relationship with a real God. Amen. That, amen, that does what he's always done. And you find testimonies of it. And you can hear the pastor stand up and tell you about people his family's been working on for 40 years. I got one like that, 41 years, man. I've been after him. He's like an older brother, but he's a cousin, and he was very close. And I've had him right up to the edge. I mean, he almost died once, and, man, he almost got it. He's still, I'm still working on him. Man, I just I can't see what the hardness is. I can't see where it's at. If I could, man, I'd reach in there somehow and rip it out, you know, and throw it away for him. But uh, his name's Randy. Hey, man, pray for him. But you know what? got thinking about this thing as I was reading through this chapter, how to keep your church alive. Amen. Well, he said it was superfluous to write to them, touching the ministering to the saints. So what's that tell? It's, it's really, it's, it's not needed. It's, it's more than sufficient. It's unnecessary. It's more than is wanted. And uh, it's been said, you know, uh, will, if what has been said will not convince, then it's superfluous to say any more. In other words, these folks had it down. This is the Corinthian church, by the way. You remember the, first, the, the Corinthian church from the first letter? Man, did they get ripped up or what? I mean, for 14 chapters, Paul just tore them from stem to stern. And he gave them what for? Man, today you go in and you, you know, give a church from stem, stem to stern and uh, amen. And uh, they'll get mad at you. Amen. I mean, they won't have you back. So a lot of guys won't go in and pre preach on that kind of stuff because they want to come back. Hey, listen, folks, it's, it's, it's not really your money I'm after. It's your heart. It's not really, amen, even that, amen, it's, it's all of you. 
Amen. To have you all serving God, have you all excited about it. I know there's days where it it gets rough. Amen. I know there's times when, you know, boy, did I need to get up this morning, you know. But praise God, they aren't all like that. Amen. And you serve a God that's still alive, right? And he's still doing. I got a call last night. My phone rings on this WhatsApp thing. And when it rings, I can't answer it without going through 15 things. So I'm, I know it's, it's one of my kids overseas. So I'm doing this, man. <laughs> trying to, and finally, I get an answer before he hangs up. It was my grandson. And he said, Papa, he said, we're in, we're in the midst of one right now. He said, would you pray for us? He said, Papa, I know one thing. I've watched God do things when you pray. Would you pray for us? For his touching the minister and the saints... It's superfluous for me to write to you. And then, man, you know what? <laughs> we prayed, and an hour later, he sent me a message. He done did it again, Papa. He done did it again. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I like it. Amen. What I want them to, I want them to know God's real. I want them to know that, amen, God's alive, and God still does what he's always done. Amen. And you got a good mix here, man. It's not all, can I say old fogies? It's not all old fogies, amen. Like me. <laughs> Praise the Lord, man. There's young people here. There's younger people here. And there's, amen, just, I mean, young people. Amen. Teenagers. What a blessing. That's a good mix. You want that. Why? Because that'll keep it alive. These young people, amen, sitting here, they're the next generation to follow us, amen. And what a blessing to see them uh, involved and see them going to youth camp and see them doing things, amen. I mean, I remember when he was a young people, amen, before he ever came here. What a blessing, man, to see them get in and see them just work for God and do the will of God in their life. But listen, these folks had it. After 14 chapters, well, by now it's more than that, but after 14 chapters, they got rebuked, they got reproved, amen, and now there's a little exhorting going on. Why? Because the rebuke worked, folks. I had to rebuke somebody the other day, and I mean, I had authority to do it. I didn't just jump in, and I did it, and I still haven't heard back. They're mad at me. That Corinthian church didn't get mad. You want to keep your church alive? Don't get mad when the preacher has to do, say some hard things. Amen. Let him say them and then take, pay attention. You know, and I said to the fellow, I said, look, I said, it's like this. When those old men rebuked me, they rebuked me for things I didn't think I'd done wrong either. I was like you one time, cocky, arrogant, proud. And I said, man, you better get rid of that or you ain't going no farther. You're going to be done. You better let the old men, amen, rip your face off once in a while if they have to. Amen. Why? Because there's some, if they can see it, believe it or not, it's there. Amen. And if they point it out, there's a reason they pointed it out. Because it's there. Man, so bitter that I mean, he couldn't stand himself. And I pointed it out. I'm not bitter. I said, okay. Right. Hallelujah. If I was not as bitter as you, I think I'd go find some place to bury myself. Amen. Till I could sweeten up. 
For it's touching the ministering to the saints. Paul didn't have to go very deep with this thing. Why? Because they were doing it. They were involved in it. Amen. And he said this, for I know the forwardness of your mind. In other words, they're thinking ahead. Amen. My dad taught me in, in, in uh, carpentry. When we, we used to build houses, I crewed my first house when I was 16. And had a crew under me working. We built a house. And he taught me this. He said, son, you better be 10 steps ahead of where you're standing. If you're not, you're not going to make it in this business. If you're not, it's going to take you a lot longer to build that house than it would somebody else. Consequently, that's the way I've lived most of my life. I'm really not in the moment I'm in. I'm looking 10 steps down the road. I'm looking to see what's coming ahead of me. The Bible says the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. See, if you're looking down the road, you can see what's coming. And you can prepare yourself for it. You can prepare those around you for it. And you can make them ready. Amen. Can you see what's coming down the road? Amen. But he said, he's not only that, but he boasted about it to, to those folks in Macedonia, about the Corinthians. Amen. He said on down verse 3, Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that as I said, you may be ready, lest happily if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared. We, that we say not ye, should be ashamed in this self-same confident boasting. Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof you had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. You know what he's really doing there is he's getting them to put all the offering together so when he goes to the next place, he's got something to help that next place with. That's what he's doing right there. And so... Amen. He's trying to get, make sure they get ready. And so they know what's going on when he gets there. And so, uh, you know, one thing about it, you can say stuff like that. And Paul knew he could say stuff like that. Why? Because of verse 1. He knew that they were busy about the ministry, amen, of God. And taking care of God's people, taking care of, amen, everything, every need, and watching, amen, and watching. But how'd they keep that thing going? I mean, for 14 chapters in the first letter, you wouldn't think they'd ever get exhorted for anything. Man, you read the first 14 chapters, make you want to just hang it up and go home, you know, forget it. Paul didn't, though. You know what Paul saw? He saw the potential. He saw there was something there worth the rebuke. And he saw that they were taking it. And when they take it, you know you can help them. Amen? And so he did. And now here he is uh, quite a bit later. I mean, we're uh, 9, 10, 11, 11 chapters later. And here we are. And he is exhorting them. How'd they get it? First of all, they became a living sacrifice. Look at 2 Corinthians 1. Second Corinthians 1. <clears throat> 1 through 7. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, under the church of God, which is at Corinth, which all the saints, with all the saints, which are in Achaia, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. 
And whether we be afflicted, it's for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it's for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. Even back that far, Paul could see the potential there. Amen. Why? Because you know what? They didn't faint in tribulation. They didn't just wash out, amen, every time something got hard. They didn't quit just because, you know, it's a little difficult. They stayed with it. They stayed faithful. They stayed at it. They kept going, amen. I know all those visitation things, man, sometimes that just gets tiresome, don't it? Man, I was praying for the church in Vegas for years, especially for the young people, because I could see where they're going to start losing them. And I don't want that to happen. Some of them are my Bible students. And, uh, you know, Vegas, I mean, street ministry there, I've been on the streets. But where they do street ministry is pretty rough. You don't take just anybody down there. Amen. I'm telling you, it's rough. It's vile. You don't take just anybody there. Seasoned men go down there, and that's about all it was for a long time. And uh, I kept praying, God, there's got to be an outlet. You know what you need? You, you, you young people, you come here. You know what you get fed? Huh? You know what you get fed? You get fed, I mean, filet mignon here. You get fed the steak and taters, as they say back in the hills. I mean, you got the cream de la cream, man. This is the finest that you get around here. Amen. And why? Because that King James Bible is believed word for word. Amen. And it's preached word for word. And it, amen. And it's lived by those that preach it. And especially by that man right there. And what do you want to do, amen? The same thing. The same thing. I'm trying not to get too graphic. Life begets life. You get that? Okay, if you got life here, how are you going to keep it lively? You're going to beget some more life. Amen. You're going to be going after somebody that needs to be saved. Brother Joe, you'd be amazed. I go in some places. I ask them. Back in the, in the mountains, we used to say, you got any fish on the string? And I'm not talking about ones you caught. You got any out there with, that are biting on, on the line? You know what I mean? And some folks look at me like, huh? I said, look, I'm an old fisherman. I mean, you got anybody out there that, that, that you're really trying to get saved? I mean, is there somebody? Well, you know, they want to walk by and give them one, two, three, come follow me, slap them on the forehead. Okay, you're saved. That's not salvation. Who are you involved in? Who are you investing you in? See? Who are you investing you in? Who are you spending time with? He just said 40 years. 41 years, my cousin. I mean, who, who my cousin went, one time, went, like I said, when he almost died, I sent a man by because I couldn't get there. And that man was responsible for me getting saved. And I sent him there. He tried to talk to him. He just stopped him. He said, Ken, he said, if anybody leads me to Christ, it's going to be Cliff because he's the only one that's been faithfully after me all these years. Amen. Who have you built a testimony with? I know folks get saved with amen, a little one, two, three sometimes, but it ain't that way very much. Amen. I had a guy try it with me. It didn't work. 
Took me eight years after that to, to untangle the web. Amen. Got quiet. You working with anybody? You got anybody out there, man? You're just you're throwing them some bait and letting them nibble? If you're going to have life, you got to keep begetting life. Amen. You got to keep getting them, getting them in, getting them in. Amen. And then, you know what happens? They see you go through things. And that speaks volumes. You go through it, and you go through it with a smile. I'll never forget when I first got saved. I was in the military, and uh, I was uh, working in a machine shop, Seymour Johnson Air Force Base. And I went through, 40, about 40 days after I got saved, I mean, all hell broke loose around me. I mean, a guy was throwing false accusations my way and uh, was put me under investigation by the OSI. I mean, it was a mess. And I just kept doing what I'd always done. I'd come in every morning. I'd lay my Bible open on, on the break table, and I'd go there at break time. I'd go there at lunchtime. I'd read my Bible, and then I'd go back to work. And uh, that's all I did. I didn't change. And one, one of my guys under me, he came up to me, and he said, he said, Cliff, he said, how you do this? He said, I, I watched you. He said, man, the rest of us have been talking, and, and we'd all be a mess by now. We'd be te- trying to tear things apart, trying to kill somebody. I said, well, do you remember what I used to be? And you, you know why I'm not that way anymore? There's only one answer. His name is Jesus. And I said, that's why. It's him working this thing, not me. I'm just doing what I've always done for him since I got saved. And that's what I'm going to keep doing, and I'm not going to let anybody take it away. Amen? And, but it built a testimony with them. He wound up getting saved. Why? Because that's what it said there in verse 4, who comforteth us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort others, comfort them which are in any trouble. Amen? By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Been a lot of times I've questioned when you know, I go through something, it's like, Lord, what, what is this thing for? You know, I'm not saying why me, Lord, because if I do that, it's like saying I don't deserve this. I'm saying what's it for? Lord, I know nothing comes out of your hand that doesn't have a purpose. No matter what it is, no matter whether it's a devil himself trying to rip me over, Lord, it doesn't come out of your hand unless it's got a purpose. You didn't let the devil get next to Job without a purpose. Lord, I know there's some purpose. And man, if you can find the purpose, you can walk on no matter what. Amen. And I'd have to look at that thing. The Lord would take me back to verse 4 right there and say it's for them. They're watching you, and they need to see what a Christian goes through and what he acts like when he goes through them. Amen? And I've been able to win people to Christ out of it. But, you know, they didn't need to be talked about. Amen? I find folks that need a pat on the back, you know, you need to be... I, I, don't, I get real uncomfortable when people start to talk about me. I don't like it. I'd rather you talk about Jesus. Amen. If you can see something Jesus did, would you talk about that and leave me out of it? Amen. Because I don't like it. I, I know me. I know it wasn't me. Amen. I, a lady one time, she came up and she said, oh, that was wonderful. She just, I mean, overdoing the accolades, you know. And I said, ma'am, praise the Lord. Well, you did. I said, no, the Lord did. If you got anything, it came from him. It wasn't me. Amen. Amen. And like David, when those men came back with that water from the well of Bethlehem, what did he do? He poured it out unto the Lord. Why? Because they did it for God. Amen. 
They didn't need to be uh, talked about. Look there in verse uh, 6, chapter 9. Verse, he said this, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Amen. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. God wants everybody involved. He wants everybody involved in this thing. Amen. All the way down. And uh, I don't know anything about sitting on the stool and do nothing. I've never been there. And I'm not trying to brag. I'm just telling you, when I got in, I got in hair hide and all because it was a whole lot better than what I had. And the preacher said, this is what you need to do. And I said, yes, sir, I'll do it. Amen. If he have said, listen, the flagpole needs painted, but you got to carry a bucket of paint in one hand, a Bible in the other hand, and run up and down and paint it. I don't know how I'd have done it, but I'd have found a way because the preacher said do it. That's just the way I felt. And amen, I was running everywhere, doing everything I could for God. Why? I was so glad to be saved. Man, in the first few weeks there, I even offered to start a pew business. I'm going to build pews, Lord. I'm going to do something. I want to use what I know for you, Lord. And the Lord just put that thing in, you know, amen, his gear. And I got to follow along. Uh, they don't need to be talked about. They don't, and they don't need lip service. It's just every man doing what God told him to do. Amen. And as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves the cheerful giver. And I know it's about giving, but uh, it's got an application here to what we're talking about. To just getting in, to just staying in, to just sticking with it. Amen. Uh, don't quit. I, I met folks, amen, that uh, they, they, they quit doing certain things. I said, why'd you quit? Well, I, I got, you know, basically it's, it says, I got my feelings hurt. I said, well, you know what? They got a saying out there. It says, suck it up, cupcake, you know. I said, just suck it up. Listen, man. And I had this one time with my dad. Somebody said something, and dad took offense. And I said, Dad, he probably don't even know he offended you. I said, now you're fixing to get out of church because you're mad. I said, you know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to go and talk to him face to face. Work that thing out. Amen. Get yourself back in church because if you don't, you're going to wish you had. Amen. Amen. And so, amen, and dad did it. And he come back and said, man, he said, big smile on his face later. He said, son, I'm sure glad you said that. That's the best thing I've had since I've been saved. Amen. Amen. You get some things straightened out. But it didn't need to be talked about. They didn't need somebody patting them on the back. They just purposed in their heart they were going to do it that way. Amen. And they began to look for opportunities to give and go. I look at chapter 9, verse 2 there. I know the forwardness of your mind. Like I said, they're looking ahead. For which I boast of you to them in Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very many. You know what happens? A guy comes through here and he sees it around here. He, he takes that with him. Amen. He takes that with him. And the next place he goes, man, he's fired up. Why? Because he's been in a church that's got a little bit of life. Amen. Amen. And he gives a little life to him. It kind of rubs off. You know what I mean? And so they began to look for opportunities. Why? There's a Kaya, man, and it says your zeal, uh, amen, to them been, it's provoked very many. Amen. And, uh, they quit giving for the moment and began to live for eternal things. Amen. Verse 9, as it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Amen. They started living for the eternal things. And what, you know what they started seeing? God took care of the temporal things. Amen. 
And then verse 11, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the one of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings to God. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution to them and all men. And by their prayer for you, which long after you, for the exceeding grace of God in you. You know what they got? They got, amen, they just, because they, they weren't going to let it die. They, man, they're going to keep it alive. They're going to stay, amen. Hey, listen, if it gets boring, amen, find a way to make it lively. Amen. Amen. I know sometimes doing the same thing day in, day out can get boring. I've read through that thing in the tabernacle, how those priests went and did what they did. And I'm telling you what, man, after about a year of that, I'd have been ready to go find me a new job, man. I'm telling you the same thing. It's almost like a Catholic priest. Amen. Day after day after day after day after day. Amen. The same old blood, the same old stuff. Amen. The same old ritual. Praise God it's not a ritual anymore. Amen. Thank God for the living Savior. Thank God for a living book. Thank God for a living spirit inside of you. Why? Now there's something to live for. Amen. And they, exp they experienced a new level of grace. The exceeding grace of God in you. You know how it is. I mentioned that fella got saved last week. That fella came around the corner. You can see the light of God coming before he got there. And... You know, it is that way, kind of, people can see, I mean, I mean, they can tell. I mean, things show up on our face, don't they? What is, what's the Bible say? Thy countenance bereath thee. <laughs> Amen. And I'm telling you, man, when you're in this thing for good and in this thing for God and in this thing, amen, to do everything you can and love God and love your neighbor, amen, and, and just, amen, carry Jesus to the world, amen, give him out to everybody. I'm telling you, man, there's a liveliness there. And uh, there's a joy there. There's nothing, there's nothing greater, is there, than, than, than walking up to somebody, start telling them about Jesus, and they get saved. Man, that's a thrill. That's, I mean, that's great. That'll light your fire. Amen? Well, by the same token, like I said, some churches, you go in, it's written all over their face. Well, not too good here, you know. I guess the preacher is just going to get up and, you know, talk to us a little while. And for what? Man, shut the door. Start over somewhere. I mean, do something different. I mean, get it alive. I mean, pump that sucker full of life. Amen. I mean, pinch somebody or something. Amen. Get them to shout somehow. Amen. I mean, put some life in the thing. Put some God in the thing. And he says, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Amen. I mean, you could go on for hours on the unspeakable gift. And you don't have to. If it's unspeakable, you know what? You don't have to talk about it. People ever walk up to you and just say, what is it about you? Amen. I mean, I've had it happen a few times. I like, I like it when that happens. I wish it would happen more. <laughs> the problem's me most of the time. I'm owly or grumbly or something, you know. Amen. That's me. But, man, I'll tell you, sure is a blessing. Somebody walks up to you and says, hey, you saved. How'd you know? So I could tell. You know how they could tell? The spirit itself bears witness to our spirit that we are the children of God. I could tell. There was something about you. 
Man, you came through that door and there was light in your eyes, light in your face. Man, I, I, I want to talk to you about what you got. <laughs> Why? Because it ain't that way at my house. Amen. I mean, praise the Lord. An unspeakable gift. You don't have to talk about it much. And I'm not trying to minimize talking about it because you can't help talking about it. Amen. I mean, that thing, when you get full of God, you can't help but talk to somebody about God. Amen. I mean, the joy of God's in there. You're going to let it out. Amen. Keep letting it out. Amen. Look toward that homeland to coming. Amen. We got a reason to do what we do. Amen. And it's more than just what we got coming ahead. It's what we get right now. That book says, No man having left father, mother, brother, sister, houses, lands for my sake in the gospels, will I not repay him now in this time and hundredfold? And in the world to come, life everlasting. Yeah, we got one coming, but man, we got a pretty good one here. Yeah, I know. Oh, you know, this and that. It's all going south and it's going to the dogs. It went to the dogs a long time ago. Amen. We're just kind of on the tail end of it, that's all. And it won't be long and we'll see the other one. But I'm going to keep enjoying this one as long as I can. Amen. I'm going to try to get somebody else to enjoy it with me. Amen. And have a good time in it because why? It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it to just, amen, live for God and, amen, be happy doing it. Amen. amen. Father, best I know how, I did what you told me to do. Pray it's been a help. Pray it's been an encouragement and a blessing. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.